Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None except. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. Damn right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. We're going to come a lot stronger than the Big 12 did over the weekend. Goodness <laughs> gracious, it was not a good weekend for the league. Oklahoma <clears throat> loses. Good luck figuring out whatever Oklahoma State is at this point because they go on the road and beat Iowa State. I have no idea. Yeah, not good for the top end. Good and for the bottom end. Did, did y'all see that bat-s crazy ending of the Tech? Kansas game. Oh, the, system, what, the fumble after the, 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 the block yeah, field the block goal the lateral. Yeah, 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 I did see that. That was freaky. And yeah. it wasn't even a full like Leon Lettish. He was. Actually was he trying to lateral it, it or was he just? No, it looked like he was trying to lateral. It. No, he was trying to lateral it and gave it back. Yeah, that was. I, I'll tell you this, Rod. I <laughs> hope he was trying to lateral it. Actually, yeah, that's. Yeah, I don't know. That's just bad. Yeah, that's bad. And then Baylor, the best team in the Big Twelve. Was off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. The only reason Baylor didn't have a bad weekend is because they didn't play. <laughs> they survived. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, the Big 12 is, is weird, man. It's strange. And, uh, yeah, we'll get into the the strangest part of it. And, the, and we, yeah, we got to break it down. Yeah. Um, Tom Herman doesn't have very many double-digit losses in his career at Rod. Two of them are at the hands of Gary Patterson. Oh, that's good. So maybe like maybe now we're dealing with a whole new different purple kryptonite around this program. It's true, yeah. Well, forget yeah. K-State, Rod, because you had to worry about TCU yeah. first. And uh, 37-27, Texas yeah. loses the game. We'll break it all down here on this edition of Longhorn Blitz. And we don't even have anything to look forward to because there's a bye week this week. So, <laughs> no, uh, we, we need just got weeks. They need him, and we all need it. I we just like the way he phrased it. We have nothing to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that was like, uh, he, he's talking about the bye week. Okay, no, no, not this. Yeah, in my instant reactions piece from the game, I have a little – portion in there where it says reason to be optimistic i said there's no reason to be optimistic after this you have nothing to be optimistic about yes there is there's a few little things there's a couple of things yes i will i'd make this there, there the, the worrisome thing to, is is but the things that you sucked at yes. you sort of maybe improved a little at in certain areas but then the areas that you sort of were relying upon weren't yeah. there so you sort of wondered well is the latter the former or the former the latter? Are you going to get maybe some improvements in the areas needed? Because I trust some of the areas that made the mistakes. But if now we're continuing to have mistakes in the other areas that you thought were strengths, then where the hell is this team going to be? Yeah. All right. I am Jeff Howell. Let me formally bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drum machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. Hey, man. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm making it. There you go. And- <laughs> That's how every Longhorn fan feels. Like, yeah. I'm making it. Pretty much. And <laughs> Lifetime Longhorn 2002 Youth All-America 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award, fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants in 2003. He spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Boston Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas in the 40 Acres where he earned his degree. Whenever that T-ring comes back in, I will make sure he wears it proudly. Ooh. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU, and when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, you get that black card. Number 21 in your program. Number one in your hearts. Mr. Rod Babers. Thanks for the intro, brother. I know you're speeding through it because you want to get right to it. Nah, it's just kind of one of those deals that just comes naturally to yeah, me. Yeah, that's true. I still, still WWE promo, man. It, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, Rod, I guess let's start with the defense because that's what we were talking about before we actually started rolling on this okay. show. Yeah, I think we should start there. And I think it ties into the big picture because if you're a Texas fan, like it's one thing to be upset about the loss and the trajectory of the program, which five and three through eight games, it's not where anybody expected this program to be. And a two point win over Kansas, it just doesn't, it's hard to see upward movement from Texas right now. But to me, I think if you really want to be concerned about something, let's start with the defense because in the three losses, and in the Kansas game, and even against West Virginia, if you want to take it to that point, regardless of what the performance was up to that point in the game, which in some games it was bad, some cases it was poor, some cases there were things you could feel your hunt, you, you felt you could hang your hat on. In each of those games I just mentioned, the defense had a chance to, in the fourth quarter, in a, either close out a game like West Virginia or Kansas or 
in a one-possession game to get the ball back for the offense like LSU mm-hmm. or like Oklahoma or like on Saturday against TCU, it was simple. Hey, just get a stop. And on that last scoring drive TCU had, you had two chances to get off the field, mm-hmm. once on third and 11, once on third and 14. And Rod, that's a defense you just got pantsed in both of those situations. And it's the same stuff that keeps happening over and over again. I almost think, and this is why I say stuff like this that might just drive people nuts, but this is why I say it. Forget about like total yards allowed. Like, Don't necessarily look at that as success or failure. Mm-hmm. Even like Oklahoma's defense, why was why why did we not have a problem with Oklahoma's defense? Like why were they able to overcome it? Because at least at times late in games, Oklahoma's defense was able to get a stop or two. Or like you think about like those Art Browns Baylor teams, mm-hmm. at least yeah. they at some point they'd be able to force a turnover. Hell, we talked about Oklahoma State won the Big Twelve one year mm-hmm. with an awful defense in terms of yards per play allowed, yards per game allowed. They were just turn turning over everybody. Yeah, they were like plus forty something or whatever it was in turnover margin. But this defense, when they've had prime opportunities to kind of get it back, kind of build some goodwill back, get the ball back for the offense, give yourself a chance to win a game, they've failed pretty much every time they've tried to do that this year. Um, yeah, but it's for different reasons, and I think that's the concern, right? Sometimes, you know, early on we were, were pointing out the missed tackles. Going into this game, they were averaging 17 missed tackles a game uh, against Power 5 opponents. In this game, they only missed nine missed tackles that I counted. And that was the tackling was better. Yeah, the tackling, the tackling seemed to be much better. Guys seemed to be in the right position, taking better angles to the football. Uh, now, something else that was exposed was the um, kind of the, the the I would say is, is Todd Orlando and some of his tendencies and preferences defensively that I think offensive coordinators have figured out. Instead of there are two things that they're doing against the Texas defense. Instead of trying to uh, break down and somehow find a way to solve the Todd Orlando defensive strategy schematically, they're just saying, you know what, it's like a poker game, right? Instead of playing the hand, play the man. Mm-hmm. And instead of you know what I mean playing right instead of uh, playing the the, the playing the the play the players playing the hand play the the players or whatever it is you know what I mean I'm sure I got the saying wrong but whatever you get it and they're doing that with Todd Orlando now because they know Todd Orlando at certain points in the game pivotal points in the game that you just pointed out to get specifically back to what you were saying the third and eleven the third and fourteen now he has a tendency and I don't know why it is to go zero coverage. Um, and oftentimes try to come with some either exotic blitz or even at times an all-out blitz, and you saw Gary Patterson and TCU take full advantage of it. Even that Max Duggan throw on that third and 14, I mean, you can tell he, he was just told by the coach, just throw it up there. You can just get it up there. Our guy has a chance at it. It wasn't a terribly accurate throw. Um, and I think against Texas, that's one of the things that teams are exploiting in those. And you're talking about third and double digits. Usually third and double digits, that's when defenses have a, you know, they have a huge advantage, all right, in terms of the odds and probabilities. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing over and over again, Todd Orlando's defense seem to crumble in those moments where the odds actually shift tremendously in their favor for success. And yet ultimately they fail. Because I think the, the zero coverage, number one, you drop your chances of being a successful defense on that play. You come, you've deduced it to be in that matchup. Your yeah, guy has, exactly. Now, like you, if you're confident that those guys on the outside can do it, which maybe he had yeah, been at one point, at, but at then one if point, you but become now, rely on, on that earlier When you got in the backups year, back in there, exactly. that's, not, that's not really conducive to success. Exactly. Yeah. And like you were saying with the cards analogy, it's exactly the same. Like if you get your dealt hand that's dealt, there's a certain amount of odds that you're going to be able to have exactly for right. the situation. Yeah. But He's a bad it doesn't matter <laughs> exactly. It, it doesn't matter what the other person's cards are if, if mentally they think they're inferior or that you are at, at an advantage, and that's when you're playing the other person, and that's where it isn't necessarily about the players. It's about the play callers in addition exactly. to being tied to the players and, and his then, tails, and you can. Yeah, and exactly. that's when a guy can Tendencies. be like, "Well, but Orlando's gonna be doing this because he's been doing this over and over, probably seventy percent of the time, or whatever the numbers yeah. are." So he's like, "Make sure that we coach up our guys to understand that." in these situations, look for this. If you identify exactly that right. pre-snap, yeah. we can get it. If not, exactly right. then we can worry about winning in the chaos or whatever. But sometimes it's a good way. That's where good coaching can actually prepare you for those situations. And, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about the title level defense versus LSU and even versus Kansas when the quarterbacks are getting the ball out of their hands really quickly. Mm-hmm. That's because not only have they studied that Orlando defense 
and they've been told by their coaches, hey, once you see this, mm-hmm. there, it, 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 will, it will be confirmed. There, don't doubt it. Yeah. Once you mm-hmm. see it in their Orlando defense, you see that safety move or you see that late delayed blitz coming from the secondary, mm-hmm. go, go, go. Don't wait, go. And then I think quarterbacks get more and more confident with that. And I think that's that's on Todd Orlando's got a goal. He's right now he's got a there's a man in the mirror moment that's gotta happen for him. Mm-hmm. Right now as a play caller, he's almost like a punch drunk boxer out there at the end. Like he's he's I mean, he's he's about to wobble. That's why in the fourth quarter they figured him out by then. And instead of, you know, throwing body blows at Todd Orlando's defense by running it, you see these stretches in the games and I I can point out one in the TCU game where they just decide to throw on it. They just say, you know what? Let's throw on this defense. Let's throw it. Let's throw it. Let's mm-hmm. put let's put pressure on them. Let's put pressure on Todd Orlando. And ultimately, either the defensive matchup will fail, or Todd Orlando will have a a bad sequence or call. Yeah, risk may come and yeah, benefit exactly. us. And, yeah. and if you're being able to do that offensively, and especially yeah. in the more pass happy football world than we've ever been before, where it's more proven. Even if you're a conservative coach, you have yeah. the numbers proving that if you need to be explosive, you do Just it go. via the pass. So it's worth it, going it, and it, taking the risk. Here's the from the, the last drive of the half. Remember when they go in that they, I think mm-hmm. it's like a minute something left and they get that field goal. All right. From that point when it was 17-10 to the point where it was 30-27, TCU threw the ball on first down 63% of the time. They figured out, all right, all right, all right, you know what, let's just throw it. Mm-hmm. Let's just throw it. We can run it, you know, if we have to, obviously, but let's just throw it and put pressure on them. And when they did, what they throw? They threw it deep. Mm-hmm. They started chunking it deep because they knew, just based on the film, Texas DBs don't play the football well. That increases our odds for success. The deep ball is basically a three-point shot or a home run. You got, yes, your odds of success drop. It's a lower percentage shot. It's a but lower it's higher percentage, returns. But it's higher returns, bigger returns. And now that's why your team was just throwing the deep on Texas. One out of three. Who cares if your completions exactly. percentage is 33% if you was, get an 80-yard touchdown? TC was 4 of 8 on passes 20 yards or more down the field. Yep. All right. And, and you yeah. just brought it up, dude. And uh, when you start talking right there, it reminded me of a quote that Augie Greedo and Texas fans will enjoy this because it, you're talking about putting the pressure on the opponent yep. and knowing that the DBs are deficient. And, and they're young. There are times like you saw this in the Astros game recently when Altuve went home when he maybe shouldn't. But the idea, the concept that you can in baseball, you can put the pressure by yep. running and by going home, by then mm-hmm. flipping the field. And now a guy not expecting to have to make a throw has to make a yeah. Pressure pack throw. That's the same thing they're doing against the Texas defense right now. And knowing that these guys are maybe a little frazzled or rattled. Yeah. So we're going to go and flip the pressure and keep putting it on yeah. them and see if they can constantly perform. And it's the same reason why you send a run area or something exactly. like that. Why, why waste body blows on Texas where you can just hit them with an uppercut and knock them out? It. You know what I mean? It's not, yeah. it's not worth it to run against Tarlando anymore. And, 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 if, and if it messes up Tarlando because he can no longer predict what you're going to do. It makes and you more unpredictable. And old defensive guys don't like this. Yeah, so he his modus operandi, which is stop the run, number one, make him one-dimensional. Number two, rush the passer and blitz the hell out of the quarterback and confuse the quarterback, master of the art of confusion. Mm-hmm. And then number three, force turnovers. doesn't work anymore. It doesn't apply. When guys like Brent Dearman go, I'm just going to throw it, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? When LSU goes, what do I got to lose? I was at Bethel. Yeah. When LSU with Joe Burrow goes, I'm going to throw it 68% of the time on first down. When mm-hmm. Austin Kendall says, you know what, I'm going to, they throw it 65% on first down. West Virginia did. Mm-hmm. And hell, even, even TCU, TCU didn't want to throw it, but Sonny Cumbie figured out, no, 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 it's not worth it. We're yeah. wasting down to get on this defense. Let's just throw it, put pressure on them. The DBs will ultimately make a mistake or he will make a mistake because we're we're less predictable then. And we're being the aggressors. That's like that's why that's why Mike Gundy screwed up. Remember he came in and we said Mike Gundy screwed up. Mm-hmm. He came into the game. Yep. He came into the game I think throwing the uh, running the football on first down I think 67% of the time. This oh, dude bro. ran it 73 He was more of the time predictable than he was Herman. More predictable. It's like, dude, against Orlando, just go unpredictable. Just throw it, throw it, and throw, you know, throw it early, often, and throw it deep. That's how you beat Tarlando's defense. That's the three rules. Throw it early, often, and deep. And the simplification of these offenses that we talk about with the numbers games at times can make you predictable, and that's what we sort of talked about is what maybe landed Gundy to doing those things. And it's sort of when after seeing the predictability of even the Texas offense or in situations, the play calling on the defense, it sort of reminds me. I mean, and we talk about the adjustment period. Like not only do you have an in-game adjustment at halftime, but after your first year or two in a conference with another one, like you can't just – have what worked and like we sort of saw it with the Rams at the beginning oh, yeah. of this year a little bit of stroke yeah, and it's the same yeah. thing that, it up too. exactly yeah. and, and you still can change it. it's just that there is that area that you're going to have to be 
ever-evolving so you can continue to be on that cutting edge. Otherwise, you're going to really fall back with the pack or become predictable. And what differed you before, you aren't born into that because you aren't in that infancy of those first two years. Totally agree. Right. I, I know it's different ways, but it's still the inability to get a stop when you really need it. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that to me, is like the biggest concern is that it's a number of different ways that it's happening. But you're and that's still, on Orlando. But you're ultimately. still giving up. They're like, exactly. Like Ultimately, that's on Orlando. Like you said, either the either the matchup's going to fail or, or Orlando's going to fail. And we saw kind of both on that last we TCU did. scoring drive. We saw drive. a little bit of both. I agree Like, to me, I, I, and I told you guys this before. And all throughout the game. Watching it from the press box. I looked at TZU, like their alignment. I looked at the matchups on that first third down, and I see Stevens one on one in the slot with Montrell Estelle. I'm like, that's probably where they're going with the ball right there. Well, on, sure the, first, on the third and what? The third and set, eleven. The third and eleven. Okay, sure yeah, enough, on they their got last him on a little okay, corner yes. route. Yeah. So I was like, well, that there's that, yeah. and then. Don't exactly don't don't play the hand, play the man. <laughs> and then the last one, <laughs> go with matchups against Texas. That's it. Just go with matchups. You know, it was a blitz call and. You ended up getting Tyler Owens one on one with Tay Barber. If I'm TCU, if I'm Sonny Cumbie, that's that's exactly what I want. Exactly matchups because it's not that <laughs> I mean Tyler Owens was in position, but it's the insistence of Todd Orlando Rod to continue to ask guys to do things that they're probably not capable of doing or capable of handling. Yeah, no, I, like if you if that's BJ Foster or Caden Stearns, that's one thing because those guys have been in games before; mm-hmm. they've done those things. Yeah. You got or it's Brandon like Jones. That's one thing. Brandon Jones played a lot of football. Yeah, I I can't be that mad at Tyler Owens and Montrell Estelle when they're giving up no. those plays. There were four third and double digits that the Texas defense faced. The two that you're talking about on that last drive, I counted four of them. That was the third and eleven. He rushes five, <laughs> but he ends up rushing a day away at Mitchell, and then he drops Osai. So I'm not mad about him rushing five. That's fine, but. Rush your best pass rusher in that situation in third and eleven. That's when Don't you can be playing Osai. poker with yourself too, if you think yeah, you're you know, like, like yeah, you he, did, he did. He had him over the front and then the he dropped idea. him back. Uh, then that's the third and fourteen. That's when he has a zero coverage. And I still to this day don't really know exactly what I would like somebody to ask him what a day away and Mitchell were doing if they if they were dropping back trying to simulate pressure or occupy or if they were rushing. I'll let you know. Ne- I'll let you know next Wednesday when we talk. Yeah, because he brings six initially, then two of the guys kind of drop back because they're not going to make it. I have no idea why. Anyway, uh, I guess they were just occupying and isolating blockers, but like I said that's a different football discussion. Then there's the, the early on in the game, the third and seventeen, where he plays cover two. They rush four, drop seven. Montrell Estelle mm. gives up the, uh, the, the skinny post in the slot. And there's a third and 13 in the third quarter. He rushed three and dropped eight. They forced an incompletion. Hmm. It, was a, it was the most conservative that we got out of Thailand. Th- yeah. And he just like, he dropped eight, he rushed three, and they forced an incompletion. I was like, oh, keep him between the 20s. And I was praying when we got to third and 14. I was like, oh, Drop and what's funny is that's the type of coverage and I was like, oh. that'll drive a fan and, crazy, and but it actually eliminates that top end in yeah. explosive plays against you, which is exactly what oh. Texas sort of is most vulnerable at right now. Spy on Duggan and just drop everybody back would have been great. He guys, I know his sign. I saw him on the sideline. He does this, you know, like the, the huevos from the huevos, <laughs> like he's juggling some some big scones or something. And so I was like, no, that's got to be the all I've missed. No. <laughs> to quote Pedro Serrano, no. yeah, I was like, that looks like that is a very aggressive of call. Don't do it. And he did it. So I, I'm with you. Marvels? I think if he, if, if he, everything in Todd Orlando's nature is naturally aggressive, be aggressive, be aggressive. And I think this is a year where ultimately I think it will be best on everybody if he just erred on the side of conservatism and said, I'm must have, you I don't have the third, personnel you used to. I can third anything up, third and eight plus, man, I am dropping everybody back, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. to tackle everything in front of. And I think it's so hard for him, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's just really hard for him because, it, and even he came out with the four man front in this game. We can't say Tarlando's not trying to evolve, guys, that, because he is. He came out in the four-man front mm-hmm. um, at times. He, well, and that's where he, he, he dropped eight, he played the cover two. And the th- he's trying. He's trying. It ain't working, but, it, but he's trying. Did y'all listen to Herman uh, when he did his, the re- rewind watching the tape back on Longhorn Network yeah. last night? Because it was the first time that I've ever really noticed him make a point to point out, though, that we need to have our coaches make sure they're putting these guys in situations that they need or that they're capable 
capable of fulfilling. So that, that, that's, it, that exactly, and, and, it, and it was, and he said it, I believe, three times. I counted, and I haven't heard Herman really yeah. sort of admit those type of details on a nonchalant show like that. But there was no press conference he this did. week, so like you, hearing it from him was exactly sort of what if you were a fan and wondering what he was going to say. It's like, well, at least that aligns with ways that you might be able to fix. This. He admitted. I think Brian Davis might ask the question that he did not like the defensive schemes. Yeah. yeah. Remember, mm-hmm. he asked him about Todd Orlando. He's like, no, I, to me and Todd Orlando are good. I love Todd Orlando. And it's like, do you like the schemes? And I believe he said, no, I don't, I don't like the schemes. Yeah. Doesn't like um, where the defense is at right now. Yeah, so I think he wants to be a little bit more conservative getting back to your time about your, your point about putting guys in a position mm-hmm. that they actually don't give them uh, undue expectations. Yeah, like, don't, <laughs> no, he can't do that. Tyler Owens ain't there yet, so don't put him in that situation. Right. Don't put Montreal Estelle in that situation like he's Brandon Jones. Exactly. He ain't Brandon Jones, you know what I mean? So give those guys more. But I will say this. The DBs are, are are horrible at playing the ball, and this comes from a guy myself who was horrible at playing the ball. Yeah. But at least I got my hands you on the, the ball. ball. You just didn't catch it. I didn't it. catch it exactly. <laughs> There's a big I, difference but, between playing but the ball. You know why I didn't catch it, Matt? Because I knew. I was going to screw up You're and just give up a touchdown up. trying to catch the ball because I wasn't Nathan Basher. Yeah. I can't play the ball in the air like Nate. So most of the time, I end up playing the receiver most of the times. Hips, hands, and eyes. Mm-hmm. That's what I played. All right, Hips, hands, eyes. I knew I could get on the inside hip all the time. I played man coverage. If I ever got beat at the line of scrimmage, oh, that's easy. If I couldn't stand in front of the receiver, didn't get the jam, redirect him, then boom, find the inside hip. Find the inside hip. It, he can't go anywhere without the hips. If they drop, that means he's running the stop route. If he's running... Find the inside hip and then look and lean if you're lucky enough to find him. But before that, if his eyes get big, if you're close enough to see that him, means the ball's that coming. means the ball's coming. <laughs> he can't do anything without his hands. So last resort, just play the damn hands. Don't play anything else. Watch his hands. Watch his hips and his hands. His hands got to go up to get the ball. Then you just, you can, you know what I mean? I, I don't understand what they're being taught. What's the panic plan? I still remember it all. Yeah, you see no, your mind, in my memory. Your you know mind, I mean? mind also works well, fast. In it is, process, saying, so you I have don't understand like, what are they doing when the ball's in the air? Like How do they not know yeah. how to play it. How do you not know to play the hands if you're behind? If you are, if you're Montrella Steele and you're in that cover two, how do you not understand the route concepts that if you're in cover two and there's no number two threat for my cornerback out here uh, in the flat, then he is going to carry the number one. So I don't even need to lean that way. I got a number two guy. Mm-hmm. So honestly, I can almost jump that right. Almost becomes a little bit man to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? And I can be late on the outside because that throw is going to have to be in the back of the end zone, the corner of the end zone, and I got time. What I don't have time for is the skinny post. <laughs> I ain't got time to break on that. How do you not understand that? How do you not understand that Max Duggan is not going to throw intermediate routes? He's not. He's not going to throw the comeback. He ain't an NFL quarterback yet. He ain't throwing that. What is he throwing? Short routes and deep routes. That's what young quarterbacks do. That's what a young Sam Ellinger does. So how do you mm-hmm. know in the route tree when a guy's running, he's already eliminating routes. When he passes seven yards, he ain't running nothing but a deep thing. He's running deep. He ain't running the deep six cut. How do you not understand this? That's what I'm saying. Young DBs, you got to study the game. They're not studying the game. And so I'm getting on the young DBs, and I'm getting on the assistant DB coaches and everybody else. You got you, these young boys ain't staying in the game. I can tell. The youngsters don't, you can tell they're not, that, that thought process is not happening. And cover two, and what's the route scheme? What's the route concept? What's my responsibility? And what can I do and within, and with, within the rules of this defense? Mm-hmm. They don't understand that. Yeah. They don't know how to play the ball. So as a young DB, when I was doing that, I remember learning those things like, oh, Coach Kenneth, when you get big, a lot of scrimmage, what are they going to do, baby? <laughs> find the inside hip, find the inside hip. Find the inside hip. Why? Because right there, if you're on that inside hip, he can't go anywhere. There, yeah, I don't, uh, Rod. I know, I know you're I a guy. You're a guy. Going. You're, I love it's it. Upsetting. You're a guy that's talked about how your competitive edge, especially when you were at Texas, was just studying film and trying to be smarter than than everybody. I else. had to. Uh, mm-hmm. And Amon Brooks. I know Brooks has said the Brooks same is thing. Like that too. And it's funny you mentioned playing the hands because I remember. Uh, I think it was last year. I want to say it was last year's Texas Oklahoma State game. I was in Oklahoma City in my hotel room, and the Tech-Iowa State game was on that morning. And I think it was one of the Iowa State DBs trying to play Antoine Wesley, and Antoine Wesley is, you know, 6'5". Yep. And Brooks is talking about the same things. Like, when you're a smaller DB, he's like, you've got to play the hands. He's got, you've got to shoot your hands. He's like, because if you try to play the ball against a 6'5 receiver and you're 5'10", mm. you're screwed. That's not a matchup you're going to win. You Everybody? can't. You physically <laughs> cannot high point that football. Yeah. So you got to play the hands. got to play the hands. And man. I'm like, wow, that's just simple, but it's guys that just study the game and see the game from that position, yeah. pick that's up those little things. Too, and, yeah. and that's another thing, right? Uh, these guys are terrible at playing the ball, and you're not seeing it from week to week get better. And it's right. not it's not just the young guys. It's the veteran no, 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 guys, too. It's, it's, like, it's all the DBs. Like how, long yeah. did, how, how often do we get on Chris Boyd for having bad eyes? No, you're right. Yeah. Eyes in the back. Deshaun Jameson. Deshaun Jameson, that touchdown he gave it to Rager. Mm-hmm. He is literally... 
and he he does number one. Dude, if you find the wide receiver, find the receiver. <laughs> Even if you're playing zone or you're playing man, you still got to find the wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not a I'm like not a Rod. You've forgotten. Only job. You've forgotten you more. Job. You've forgotten more about DB play than I'll ever know. And I don't. I can't tell you what coverage guys are in unless I really go look at it. I can't tell you in the heat of the moment. It's it's hard. But I do know if I if I'm in my back pedal and Jalen Rager's running by me. I'm screwed. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you got to turn and run. How do you know? They weren't – all they were running were, were quick stop routes, and then they were either running deep routes. And I don't understand how you don't understand. Oh, no, that guy's run – Jalen Rager, he's definitely running deep most of the time. You were already in a stride. They had you. You know what I mean? Like and that's something that if you running. don't know with your football IQ, your coaches should be telling you when you get to back to the sideline, like that's eliminated from their well, route. If he was in zone, he played it wrong because he, at the wrong leverage, he ended up being inside, and Jalen Ranger ended up on the outside shoulder of him, passing him up, so he didn't feel the receiver or identify the receiver. If he was playing man, even worse, right? Yeah. <laughs> because you were basically in no man's land. You didn't even play your man. You played your own zone. So it's, I'm telling you, man, it's, it, it's upsetting as a, young, as a DB watching the young DBs because I know how talented they are. I know how talented yeah. they are. But you can tell right now that – they aren't studying the subtle nuances of the game because they're they're right there. That's the frustrating mm-hmm. thing. It'd be different if they were broken coverages. No, or like you're like, oh, he's gonna pick no, it, exactly. and then he does. <laughs> oh, touchdown! Right. Oh, yeah, he's like they're right there, so they just they don't know when to look and lean. They don't know to play the hands or the eyes, and you know it's just that stuff like that, man. And I. Listen, I know they're being taught that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I nasty Nate's over there. Hell, Michael Huff, over Huff there. Daddy over there. So I know they're being taught it. They, but it's they, about guys, applying they, it on the yeah, field in were, real time. They learned it when I learned it. They were in the same damn room I was in when Coach mm-hmm. Aquino was teaching it. It's, I think defensively, though, people are like looking for an answer. Like, well, is it all Todd Orlando? Is it inexperience? Is it injuries? And my answer is all t- yes. It's a gumbo. Yes. yes. It's a gumbo, baby. Yeah. It's Can't a perfect point your storm. finger out one thing, unfortunately. Yeah. Yes, you do if have experience. that easy to be fixed, it'd be fixed. Yeah. Yes, you do have experience issues. Yes, you have had injuries. Yes, Todd Orlando's calls are bad. And yes, guys aren't making plays when they're put in a position to make plays. Agreed. The times that they are, it's not happening. So it's just like, like you said, Rod, it's this – it's just this toxic soup of funk that is the Texas defense right now. It's all on Orlando, though. He, he's supposed to be able to figure out how to mitigate the damage, and I think even Tom Herman understands he's not doing that right now. I think they're really bad at self-scouting, too. The fact that Tom Herman admitted that um, they were surprised that Max Duggan threw the football on them. Hmm, hmm. And like, and I was like, like they 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 do it's like, and I'm like have everybody you, have you watched yes everybody like, you every, played throwing the ball on you dude, everybody's throwing the ball Rod has a great point here though because like it's the main thing in fantasy is it isn't how good the player is it's how bad the defense you're facing is yeah and that's the idea of production that yeah of course they haven't ran or thrown on anybody else but when they're pay, facing a team that's struggling stopping the pass they're gonna attack that and you should know that because that's how you would attack the Austin defense. Kendall most attempts of his career. Uh, Jalen Hurts most attempts this year since his freshman year at Alabama. Carter Stanley second uh, most attempts in his career uh, behind the 48. Joe Burrow, it was the most attempts in his career at that time at Auburn. uh, Sorry, against Auburn, he had 42 Everybody's having career. I mean, everybody's throwing the football. So the they're time. gonna. The next team's gonna try to throw it. Even on you. guys who we know weren't necessarily yeah. competent uh, season passers were side deciding we're gonna throw it. And you were shocked that Duggan, who also after Carter had, Stanley, yeah, had his best season. That you he's, remember? I'm sorry, his best game that he has of, of the season. And it's like you guys don't self scout then. No. So what are the analysts around there doing? Because they're supposed to be doing what the hell I do on my show, mm-hmm. which is say this is how Texas is gonna get attacked. This is exactly how I would attack Texas. And you don't Tom know. Tom Herman's te- an offensive mind. He should know that that's, that's crazy how what you me, do. Man. Is you go. You, that's a, uh, that's an odd statement. That's a, you, he did. He made that statement. I know. Though. I know. You but remember, that, that was an odd one. That's strange. You remember that 2012 defense when there was like that run of guys. They were giving up 100-yard rushers, and guys were having like career days yeah. running the football. And at some point, it's like, look, regardless of where they rank nationally in rushing or what the tendency says, everybody's going to try to run the football on you. Everybody's going to wonder. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to make that quarterback a plus one in the running game. Carter Stanley mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily that, but they did it. Uh, uh, Oklahoma State's done it. You are, that's one of the things that also stresses a Todd Orlando defense. Throw the ball early, often, um, and throw it deep. But also, if you're, even if your quarterback's not, we talked about Taylor Cornelius, right? Corn dog. Corn dog. Corn dog yeah. ended up being a threat running. Patterson every, would have done that if the passing yeah. didn't work. It was yeah, just the exactly. passing worked, yeah, yeah. so he had no reason yeah. to go to the option number yeah, two. I was just saying that also is a stress. It's a stressor, and he can't. Todd Orlando's defense really can't handle that really well either. Um, and I think that's what hurts him in terms of why he doesn't want to 
just drop guys back into coverage. He thinks he'll get beat but that way, to, too. To your point about quarterback plus one in the run game, Rod, you look at TCU's rushing numbers, Darius Anderson, 9 for 27. Mm-hmm. Shewa Alanalua, 16 for 48. Who was their leading rusher? Max Duggan, 13 for 72. Yeah. Then a touchdown. Yeah. It's the quarterback. It's hard for the – for his defense to account for it, especially with these with these linebackers. I mean, you, That's like, right, it's like it's run. like I said, like yeah. you can you can in this league, you can have Delia Dayaway on the field, yeah, or you can have Jawan Mitchell on the field. And I realize, like injuries, you have to play who you got to play. Yeah, but if you got both those guys on the field, you're going to get exposed. Agreed. Period. Yeah. That's just the bottom line. It's not. It's not. And that to me is on Todd Orlando. That's, yeah, that's Delia Dayway and Jawan Mitchell. I think are giving you what they've got. Yeah, but, but you need to design the defense you. around yeah. like their their strengths or their and try to cover up their weaknesses a little bit. Yeah, what you're doing, and I, I agree. All right, as we take our first break, we've talked about the Texas defense, but we'll get into the Texas offense and their performance in the loss to TCU. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns twenty four seven. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. Um, we'll have to carry offense over, maybe carry it over to next week, but let's get as much oh, done yeah. as we let's can while we can. Yeah, we got time. You know, I, I said, you know, I've said for a few weeks, hey, even Sam Ellinger's bad games aren't that bad. <laughs> no, his bad game was pretty terrible. That was a bad, bad game. That was the worst. Is that the worst Sam Ellinger game we've seen? Yeah, easily. Probably. I, I haven't seen him. For sure. I think it might be the worst well, Sam I've seen. I'm not the, sure. The Texas just, Tech game his freshman year at the end was really Texas bad. Texas Tech, he had that meltdown. But well, he was a freshman. Co- so as a freshman, I think my expectation Agreed. for Sam was very different. Now, right. which, when, with, now with what I've seen, the growth from Sam, this is the worst game I've seen from yeah. Sam because now I know what kind of players. Since at least Maryland two of those games are solely on Sam. Like two of them still Tom Harmon said just one. Just one? That's what he said. I'm with you. He said it was just one. Yeah, Miscommunication. He made a few mistakes. Ellinger made some obvious mistakes on a few yeah. passes, Sam, but then some receivers made some mistakes agreed. on. So yeah, Sam said after the game, the one to Tra- uh, that Trayvon Mooring picked off, where Jared, Jared Wiley's Wiley sideline one. Sam said he was trying to throw it away. Herman said he wasn't. Sam said he was. So and I thought that was interesting because I mean, when you think about it, we we've talked and bragged about how Sam Ellinger and Tom Herman almost now they they echo the same you know. Uh, you know, just kind of coachisms. They say the same things, starting to sound like one another, and they do have this hive mind. And that's interesting. It's the first time they literally about the same play, like two totally different, different views of it. But I <laughs> wonder, like, no, though. Like, no, nah, he was trying to fit it in there. It was like, uh. Okay. I wonder, though, how much of that, <laughs> okay. though, Rod, like Sam, that's Sam right after the game saying, no, I was trying to throw it away. Guy made a great play. And that's after reviewing the film where Tom Herman's going, no, bull crap. You tried to fit in a window and. Okay. The, the no, it could be. It could be. Could be. I'm just saying it's rare that to the public they don't have the same opinion of something. But that and anything to, right after a football game, sometimes you. I would assume you're as mentally exhausted as other. Like, you know, might just but be honestly, sometimes on that's, and, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. when you get the the, the meat because yeah. after that you got time to think about oh, yeah, it. Yeah, the and filter's craft the not there. You let so some I, stuff honestly, out. Honestly, I think that he probably was trying to throw it away. That hey, Mike, I'm gonna go to, with what Sam initially said. That speaks to how disjointed the offense was. Exactly. On Saturday, though, that's my point. Yeah, just. And, you know, I think we go back to this part of the defensive discussion really bleeds into the offense where you say teams have figured out Todd Orlando. Or teams have figured out how to defend this Texas offense, at least the, the better defensive uh, I'm with you. And it's about breaking tendencies. Yeah. And to me, that's – we could talk about, you know, figuring stuff out. To me, the breaking tendencies is the bigger overall topic on offense because in that matchup, Gary Patterson broke tendencies. Yeah, he, he, said, hey, yeah. he said, hey, we played a lot of man, decided to mix it up and play more zone this game. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't feel like this Texas the coaching staff, players executing, whatever you want to put it on, they did not do a good job right of breaking tendencies. And, you know, even, even at a point in the game, and I, and I mentioned this earlier, at a point in the game where Cade Brewer goes out with an ankle injury, and yeah. at that point you've got the opportunity, okay, now you can really switch it up and – Whatever 10, 10 personnel or 20 personnel, whatever personnel grouping you've been working with, now you can go with it. They just rolled with their 11 personnel and just kept on chugging. Yeah. Um, and to your point, I, I, get back to the red zone because the red zone is probably one of the most glaring reasons that Texas lost this game, right? Five red zone trips, two touchdowns, two field goals, and you missed a field goal. So I gave the stat out. I think it was right before the Oklahoma game. That's that. Remember the tendency about first down in the red zone. Mm-hmm. That Texas was actually throwing the football. Yep. Seventy 
basically 79% of the time on first down in the red zone. This is right before the Oklahoma game. And uh, it, certain, it was and so extreme that they were literally running on all first downs when they before they get to the red zone. Just no, to it was crazy. That. Yeah, I think their their actual uh, their actual pass rate or run rate. They were running the ball like fifty. They were they were passing the ball like fifty six percent of the time on first down normally. Just on but then first down. in the red zone, it was like seventy eight or. 80. But in the red zone, it it, it increased exponentially. It's like seventy nine percent. But Sam Milling was really really good when passing on first down in the red zone. He was I think he was eleven of fourteen at the time, so he was completing around seventy six percent of his passes. And of those 11 completions, seven of them were touchdowns and two of them were first downs. Okay, so fast forward. So since I, I threw out that stat, Texas is two of 11 when throwing the football on first down in the red zone. Hmm. All right? They had six first downs in the red zone versus TCU. So in the last four games, they're two of 11 throwing the, uh, throwing the football on first down in the red zone. They had six first downs in the red zone versus TCU. They threw the football on five of them. And they had only one completion, one for one yard with Devin Duvernay. All right. So TCU and yeah. Gary Patterson knew going into this game to Jeff's point. Oh, dude, they throw the ball on first down That's in the red Poker zone. Comes They're going to throw the ball on first down in the red zone. Don't play anything else. First down in the red zone, they will throw the ball. And Texas on first down in the red zone threw the ball, and were unsuccessful. And I think the last four games, teams have figured out, and they've been saying that to their guys, mm-hmm. hey, first down in the red zone, Texas is going to throw the ball. Be ready for it. And what was an advantage for you, throwing the football in the red zone, where usually you would unleash Bam Bam Sam, and teams were taken aback by it and surprised by it. Now, with all that film out there, four it was five games unpredictable in, then, it was then. Now, but now it is. Now it's not. It's the film. Yeah, now you got to flip the script on it, and they're yes. still doing it. I'm you like, got to keep them off balance. I mean, if, if, if Rod B figured it out, there are guys that are yeah. paid money to watch film that have figured that out. Yes, Tom, you got to break that up. So uh, to your point, they're 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 becoming very predictable, and that's that in their constant tendencies. battle of trying yeah. to be ahead of that. Edge of those tendencies. It's why people envy what Belichick does, or Very literally true. talk all the time about what Shanahan's done since he's taken over offenses everywhere he's went. Because to stay constantly ahead, because then you're in court, it becomes that poker game again, and you know that they're going to be something that should be expecting it. So you should have the. It isn't a gamble necessarily at that point if you go against the grain of what you're doing, even though it's going against conceptually what you believe they're going to do. It's like you're yeah. playing the other coach at well, that point. Look at those interceptions. How mm-hmm. many of them look like the DB was choreographing the route mm-hmm. for the wide receiver? I mean, they, that, that Devin DuVernay route, man, jumped it. Mm-hmm. They, a lot of those routes, the guys just jumped them. Yeah. This, this, uh, yeah, they just filmed. They film work. Okay. Football yeah. IQ, just how, like what you were saying. That you we talk to... about the wide receivers. They all kind of run the same routes. You know what Brandon Eagles runs, Colin mm-hmm. Johnson runs. Duvernay, they but all those run the same routes. Run. Yeah, you it, ran the slot fade, and TCU wasn't ready for it because, oh, damn, they never run the slot fade. No. Hell, Jake Smith was wide open when he gave him a little, uh, little juke, mm-hmm. and then went on the slot fade. Why? Because you never run it. They, mm-hmm. they're, they're, not, they're not even T- – Gary Patterson is all about tendencies. Why am I going to tell my guys to cover something you don't run? Mm-hmm. All right? That's why my guys are aggressive in jump routes, and they never run a slot fade. wide open twice. You realize <laughs> if you break tendencies, you got it wide open. You realize pretty much every time they run the wheel route close to the red zone, they score on it because they hardly ever run they it. They hardly ever run it. And they don't use their running backs in that way anymore downfield as vertical threats. I'm with you. I think they, I, I think they should use your 20 personnel um, now that they, you know, they don't have the Did you see that they used work. it once? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. About how a heart attack. <laughs> I see him in the backfield. I'm like, oh my god, they're they're there like together. To it's Roshan Johnson, Keonta Ingram together, and then Roshan motions out. That was the one that it was like the the, yeah. the swing, the full flare pass yeah. to Ingram that they, they counted as a lateral. There are some things they threw yeah. some wrinkles in there. Remember, they would start off tight, and then they would have kind of the star burst. They would all spread Which out. Gary they, Patterson said gave them some problems. Exactly, it just preached that motion yeah. and shifts. It, you know, I mean, yeah, it's good. So you got to throw more of that stuff in there, and I don't think we've seen enough of it. And, and like I said, Colin Johnson, Colin Johnson is we forget how good he is. But considering how they just throw him out there on an island and they never move him around and never use any scheme or innovative way to get him open, dude, he is really freaking good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's way better than we give him credit for, man. Sam's going to miss that dude because think of how many contested catches he just pull hauls in. Or the catches that no difficulty. other person you've ever seen in your catch life rate, catch along dude. the sideline. What he does on the sidelines is absurd. It, it made me question how we judge 
footballs going out of bounds as a runner. Because if you run, they act like it's an invisible force field and you're out of bounds where you run out. Colin Johnson can, had that one catch where his entire body, except for man. his ankle, was still in play. He's like four yards out of yeah, bounds. The, and he's widening the field to 60 yards on that. So put that guy in the slide and let him run the field. <laughs> yeah, Rob, that's, uh, that's <laughs> another thing. Like, or drag play. him across the formation it's almost and let like, him run a deep crossing route. And this this is kind of one of those deals with Todd Orlando, too, and we're seeing him kind of break out of it. It's almost like if Colin Johnson can't beat Jeff Gladney, then you're just willing to just like it. It's almost like doing something else. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like moving him around is admitting defeat. Yeah. No, it's not. You're just getting Weird. a better matchup. It's very strange. I agree with you. Like Jeff that. Gladney's an NFL corner. Yeah. He's going to get drafted reasonably like, why, high. Why work harder when you can work smarter? That's yeah. the, and this is a I don't want to get harder off. I don't want to get too big picture. Particular. Well, hold on, hold like on. The tools they like. Yeah. I don't want to get too big picture. But Tom Herman said after the game, yeah, we just got to go back to work. We got to work harder. Nobody's saying you're not working hard. Yeah. You gotta work smarter. You gotta work smarter, man. Yeah. I agree. They work there's a hard work offense but not a smart working offense. Yeah. Yeah. Like I agree. no, nobody's doubting that you're not working hard. Yeah. Like I disagreed vehemently with like I, I caught some of Bucky and Aaron on my way into on my way into the studio today. And Aaron saying it's gotta be a burn the midnight oil week for the staff. No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Just no. need you to add more of those wrinkles. If you're just we banging your head against them. the wall yeah. till two in the morning, what good are you doing yourself? Yeah, no, I agree with you. They just need to add a cut. They said TCU, Gary Pass said, Yeah, they gave us some trouble. Yeah, because he hadn't seen it. Yeah. So now add more things there. Mm-hmm. This is one thing I think they're missing. I think they're they, they're really bad at self scouting. What's another thing that we've talked about on this show, and I've talked about, it, and it's a new evolution in football at every level of high school. I want to know, and you need to ask them this do you have a research and development department? And I know Tom Herman said, Yeah, we still plays here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, where 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 are the plays that y'all steal? Because mm-hmm. that's what that's what that's what Andy Reid does. What Sean Payton does. What Sean McVay, mm-hmm. Shanahan. They mm-hmm. all admit we literally have four or five guys in a room watching the best Belichick offenses in college. Drafts quarterbacks best to pick exactly. their mind. Best offense in the NFL. And I say, steal me three four really good plays uh, a week. I just yeah. need to steal them, and then we will incorporate them with our own terminology within the scheme of our offense. I don't see that. Where is that? I'm talking about said he does it, but I don't know. What are these analysts doing if they're not self-scouting, all right, and they're not research and development? Like, what are they doing? Well, and then? The, when you look within our personnel. <laughs> right? and you, you should be watching Lincoln Riley, right? There should be somebody in a room right now watching Lincoln Riley run plays and Shanahan run plays and going, okay. Yeah. We taking these plays. We, this is our you run game. We, we're gonna go right from him right? here. Who, we're gonna, why are you not taking? You should be watching. Like, who man? I want Shanahan's running game, and because you can, you can run some with of our, this, with, this concept that they're yes, doing. Because Lincoln Riley and Shanahan, some of the counters that they do is the same stuff. Mm-hmm. With conceptually, I, I don't, and I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I still, Ben, I'd be Lincoln Riley would hate me if I was a, <laughs> a, a coach because I'd be stealing everything he does. Using like, oh, against yeah. him, Mood. everything Mood. you did against us, I would just take it and steal it. That's what everybody's doing. Yeah, why don't, why don't it, we do it, that? And right, it, it's it's basically taking and, and taking the, that concept and then fitting it to your personnel. It's like nobody. I don't care if you are Kyle Shanahan or Lincoln Riley or Sean Payton. Like nobody in football is like inventing something new anymore. No. Just You're all taking stuff yeah. and then saying, okay, based on what I do, I yeah. like this. Like, like everybody yeah. looks at Oklahoma's running game like, oh, my God, the, the GT play is so – like, it's, it's the same damn same counter play. train like the Cowboys were running back exactly. in the early 90s. You're <laughs> just doing it from the shotgun yeah, and, 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 and out of a one-back set. And you some jet sweep motion to it. But you're just running a defender out, adding it's a defender to the window run dressing game. It's just different window dressing for everything. All about now is window dressing, and that's why that pre-snap motion that they did – Gary Patterson was like, oh, what is this? Yeah, that's all you got to do. Just combine a couple of Chico. They didn't move the pocket versus TCU. No. Not, not, what happened to moving the pocket? I we were going to move the pocket But more. they've been so good when they've done that this year. What happened year? to the misdirection that we were going to mm-hmm. see? Didn't see any of that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I, I think the offense needs to grow and evolve. And I, I think that Cade Brewer, out of necessity, it will force their hand. They may well get more of the 20 personnel that you talked about and the 10 personnel that mm-hmm. we, we've heard about. You know what I mean? And just, if you talk about just the particularness of this offense, and I mean, you like being able to have everything look similar and disguise things, but we haven't seen anything more than within like variation within a position because they have very particular agreed. skills within. So when we talk about predictability like you would like to see something new that's inventive because if each role is sort of almost clearly defined and only mm-hmm. has a, a well or you know universe of like a certain amount of options within it it really can dumb down what would be a complex or very good offense whenever you're just almost 
compartmentalizing yourself into things. And then because you're so particular about specific roles within it, totally it agree. keeps you from thinking outside the box, incorporating new ideas with guys in different positions that the defense yep. hasn't seen. And then it just sort of keeps you from being inventive beyond what that base offense is. Yeah, every in, in every defense, and this goes back to Todd Orlando needing to evolve, needing to adjust. There's a way to attack every defense. I don't care what yeah. front you run, what blitz packages you have, yeah. what coverage you want to run. There's a like, weakness. Right, if you're a cover three, everybody's got cover three beaters. Yeah. If you're a quarter team, everybody's got quarters beaters. Yeah. I, I, maybe I've got PTSD from that Maryland game two years ago, <laughs> but it's almost like when the offense, when, when it's time, like, time to go into panic mode, when stuff goes bad, it's almost like they just default to that. Yeah. No, no, I think Tom Herman, and this is why, and I, like I said, I think he's still calling the place, but hell, who knows at this point? Um, he he got conservative in that game. He was on the he was on the three yard line, a fourth and one, oh, on the three yard line, the damn field and goal. he kicked the field goal. I think about the Texas. I couldn't kicked, believe it. Texas kicked what four field goals now in the red zone? Four. The first one they kicked was in the Oklahoma game. Yeah, Your cool. second field goal in the red zone was Kansas game winner. Okay, so it makes sense, right? Versus TCU, you had two field goals um, in the red zone. In the first half. In the first half. And you had a missed field goal in the red zone. But as Matt pointed out, you were on the, the, the basically the three-yard three. line with a fourth, fourth and, and one. one. Chance to get a first down with Bam Bam Sam, a fullback playing quarterback. And you're a physical the team. And you're supposed to be a physical team. And with you chose to kick a field goal. I and couldn't believe And we know that. you like to roll the dice. So he wasn't himself in that game. I think he early on he was nervous. He didn't set the tone. You set the tone, and you know your defense ain't going to win games. You know your defense is going to get, get ran up and down. The goal line the, offense was perfect so for the first 20, for gonna, 20 touchdowns. If you know your defense is going to get embarrassed, yeah. why the hell aren't you trying to put up as many points as possible? Why are you kicking a field goal on a three-yard line? Agreed. Why? Fully. With Couldn't Bam Bam it. Sam back there. Why? Because LS, you still got PTSD from LSU whipping you on the goal line, and you hadn't really gone back to it since yeah. as no. much as you should. Which is why in the red zone you're throwing the ball more than you should run, and all this. Guy. And I and I just I, I love that you're breaking tendency and you're trying to catch me ball by surprise. But right now you're not even using Bam Bam Sam anymore. What happened to Bam Bam Sam? They yes. did it uh, the on the first score on the first drive. Ellinger had the two yard run on third and three, and like you said, it's fourth and one at the three. Hell, I would have just gone tempo, gone right back to it. Right like, back to like it. We, we, no matter what you do, you go for it there. You go we, for it there. <laughs> I, I think, you're a numbers guy. That I think you guys give your team confidence. It doesn't make you appear oh, to be confident think, in physicality. All oh, everything. Not good. All right, it's time to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven, and we will do that on the other side as we close out this latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns twenty four seven. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lay down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, Purple Mattress, you know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a Purple Mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your Purple Grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple Mattress. You two can come home to a Purple Mattress by texting OFFER to 84888. And now for a limited time, receive a free Purple product with your order. When you text OFFER to 84888, that's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. Hey, Greg, I'm so sorry to hear about your brother's heart attack. Thanks. He's okay now, but it really got me thinking about my family. You know, could my wife still pay our mortgage if I had a heart problem? Or could my kids still go to college? That is really scary. You should call my life insurance agent at Health IQ. When I got life insurance for my family last year, they saved me 41% versus any other company I looked at. 41%? That's huge. Yep. Health IQ starts by shopping everyone with the top 30 life insurance carriers to make sure they can get the lowest retail rate. Then they apply their exclusive healthy lifestyle savings, which can save you up to 41%. I literally got a million dollars in coverage for my family for just $36 a month. Just $36 a month? Yep. You should check it out at healthiq.com slash easy. To save that much money, I'm going to call them right now. What's that link again? Healthiq.com slash easy? Yep. HealthIQ.com slash easy. Hey, Greg, I'm so sorry to hear about your brother's heart attack. 
Thanks. He's okay now, but it really got me thinking about my family. You know, could my wife still pay our mortgage if I had a heart problem? Or could my kids still go to college? Man, that is really scary. Yeah, you should call my life insurance agent at Health IQ. When I got life insurance for my family last year, they saved me 41% versus any other company I looked at. 41%? That's huge. Yep. Health IQ starts by shopping everyone with the top 30 life insurance carriers to make sure they can get the lowest retail rate. Then they apply their exclusive healthy lifestyle savings, which can save you up to 41%. I literally got a million dollars in coverage for my family for just $36 a month. Just $36 a month? Yep. You should check it out at healthiq.com slash easy. To save that much money, I'm going to call them right now. What's that link again? Healthiq.com slash easy? Yep. HealthIQ.com slash easy. I'd love to hear more. Do you have a card? This is it. This is when you can either let something happen or make it happen with your professional custom card from Vistaprint. And we're now introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. You pick the look, the style, and the statement you want to make in the moment. Now's the time to make something happen for your business. So for a limited time only, you can own the now with free shipping on all business cards in any quantity at Vistaprint.com. Just use promo code 1414. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1414. Mom, I think this doll I found in the attic is cursed. No, its eyes are just very lifelike. Then why does its head keep spinning? Be my friend forever. Oh, that is scary. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's easy-to-use mobile app. You can manage your Geico policy whenever, wherever, wherever. Let's play with another doll. Or we can just bury it deep in the ground. Happy Geico-ween. Download the industry-leading Geico app today. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lay down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, Purple Mattress, you know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a Purple Mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your Purple Grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple Mattress. You too can come home to a Purple Mattress by texting OFFER to 84888. And now for a limited time, receive a free Purple product with your order when you text OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. All right. We'll uh, we'll break it down next week, and we'll get into K-State. Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rod B., appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother. Anytime. <laughs> for Matt, for Rod, for Travis, the best damn videographer in the podcast game, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn 104.9, 1019, AM 1260, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, where you can get Rod B. on the Rodcast each and every weekday, 1 to 3. Shameless plug. Don't forget, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to like us and leave us a review. And thanks to Matt, you can get our archives and classic interviews on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I am Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horn.